0: Hey guys we're so glad you're tuning into the apex students podcast we hope you enjoy this message from apex students and we pray that you don't walk away without looking a little bit more like jesus oh hello everybody hi wow, these lights are really bright okay i'm so good thank you for asking did i what done they're all natural yes yes okay Hi guys, I'm not Pastor Chris, as you can tell. Um, I hope that's okay for the night. Um, first of all, I would like to give a shout out to my small group. I have a mix of the middle school and high school girls, and I just want to give a shout out to them because they are the inspiration kind of behind this message. So we, I love you. So a few weeks ago, when Dave was preaching in our small groups, we were talking about I think things that we wanted to improve on, and I think we were talking about like prayers of confession. we're like, okay, here's some things that we need to work on. And for me, it was my patience. And here's the thing. I'm like a pretty patient person, but I have doubt in my patience. So I'm like, I need to work on having confident patience and patient endurance, if you will. So that's what I'm we'll gonna be talking about tonight is patient endurance. So this message is sponsored by the girls small group thank you okay so from childhood patience is something that we are taught to have right like you remember your parents always telling you like you have to have patience if you're in a line in the drive-thru or if you're even sitting down and you know you want to eat food and you're so hungry and you're like mom and dad when is the food gonna come out like i'm hungry now and like you have to be patient like practice your patience so from a Young age, we are taught patience, right? Let me just make this clear: patience is painful. Am I right? Like it is so painful. I have um a little slide. I don't know if it's uh, working back there. <laughs> yes, we go. Is that is that it? Eh? I don't know if it played, but it was Judge Judy, like, like come on, patience is painful. Nobody wants to wait. We are all about convenience. So the second that we have to wait, we're like, oh my gosh, I can't stand this. Um, And waiting is different for everybody. So what I'm waiting for is probably different than what you're waiting for or what you're waiting for. What I was waiting for in high school was completely different than what I'm waiting for now. So whether that's like a promotion or a graduation or maybe like you're about to have a little sibling, like you're constantly, we're constantly waiting for something, we're always gonna be waiting for something. Um, But patience is a whole lot easier when you can see what you're waiting for, right? So even like, okay, so taking us back to when we're younger and our parents are teaching us patience, say you're in line for a ride, okay? If you can see that you're close to the ride, it's a whole lot easier to wait because you can see the end goal. Like you're like, I can see it, I can almost touch it. So it makes it a whole lot easier to wait. Well, what do you do when you can't see what you're waiting for? You have no timeline, you have no idea when this is gonna happen, you're just hoping it's soon so you don't have to wait that long. What do you do? And how do you even have confidence that what you're waiting for is gonna happen? Sometimes I become really impatient because I think something won't happen. So that's kind of where my doubtful patience comes from. Uh, Or when I don't want to wait for something or feel like I've already waited long enough, I try to make things happen myself. I try to meddle. Instead of just letting Jesus do um, what he does, I try to meddle. And of course, that works out for nobody. Not me, not you, not Jesus, nobody. Or... I know this isn't just me, so holler if you agree with me. But you start adjusting your prayers to fit the frame of your doubt. So you'll pray for something, and because it doesn't happen immediately, you think, well, you know, like, I prayed for this the other day, and it, like, still hasn't happened yet. So, like, I guess it does seem kind of crazy, kind of far-fetched. Maybe I should just, like, simplify it so it could actually happen. And this mindset is so easy to fall into. But if I could leave you with just one thing tonight, it would be stop diluting your prayer requests with fear, doubt, anxiety, insecurity, and lack of faith. Stop underestimating the power of God because it seems, just because it seems delayed doesn't mean it's completely denied. Or just because it hasn't happened in your life before doesn't mean that it never will. So when you are waiting and waiting don't adjust your prayers and be like, oh, you know, God, like, don't put God in a box, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Don't put him in a box that fits your doubt. So, you may be asking, well, what does confident patience look like? Well, I'm going to tell you. So, 2 Chronicles chapter 7 is a great example of this. So, I'm kind of going to give you backstory of this. So this is in the Old Testament. So Solomon was praying over this temple that they had built and they were praying that it would be a place where people can make sacrifices and be in the presence of the Lord. So in the Old Testament, this was before Jesus came and like the veil was torn, you had to be in like a specific temple and building to be like to worship God and to make sacrifices. So they were praying. They had built this temple, and Solomon was in like some serious prayer that God would delight in this and that He would be present in this temple. So, in, cha- in verse one of chapter seven is when Solomon finishes praying over the temple. That was in chapter one. Like chapter one says, we could put that um, up on the screen. It's um it's somewhere in there. Um. It's a little long. You don't have to read it all, but just in case you want a bit of backstory. So, in chapter one is when he starts saying that, like Solomon finished praying to God, and then verses two to twelve talks about how the Israelites celebrated before God even answered Solomon's prayer. So it says, the priests took their assigned positions and they offered sacrifices to the Lord. So even before the Lord, like God had told Solomon, like, yes, I will delight here and like dwell here. They were expectant that God was going to, because this was the will of God. This was something that was going to bring glory and honor to God. So they're like, we are expectant that the Lord is going to meet us here. So we're going to celebrate like it's already done. So the priests took their positions. Like even before God was like, yeah, you could do that. They're like, we're going to practice and we're going to get in position because we know, we know, we're confident in our waiting that God is going to show up. And they did. So verse 12 is where it says, then one night the Lord appeared to Solomon and said, I have heard your prayers and have chosen this temple as a place for making sacrifices. So they celebrated before the prayer was even answered because they knew the faithfulness of the God that they serve and they waited expectantly. Note that this was, I said this before, but like this was God honoring. So I don't want you to think that you can like make plans outside of the will of God and then ask him to bless them. Like they knew for certain that this was bringing glory to God. Just wanna make that clear. So when people tell me about their God experiences and things that God has done for them, I believe them. People be like, I had this crazy experience with God. He showed up to me in this way and he like spoke to me and like he gave me this vision and I believe them, I always do. So why, again, I don't know if this is the same for you, but why do I believe any less when it's written in the Bible? Because the Bible is full of real-life stories, like real-life actual stories of people who had an encounter with God and full of stories about times where God showed up in the midst of their struggles. Time and time again, that's why you should read the Bible. It's a really great story. Um, And it's not that I don't believe that the Lord didn't do those things, because I believe that he did do those things, but it's because they didn't happen to me firsthand, I tend to forget about them. Again, another really important reason to read the Bible is because it reminds you of God's faithfulness and things that he's done before. But the thing that the Lord kind of pointed out to me is that I don't want to have faith based off of sight. So, like, I have to see it to believe it. Like, I want to have the faith that he said it, so I believe it. So, yeah, because if you know the character of the God that you serve— you know that you don't have to see it. Like, you know, I serve a faithful God. So before before it's even done, he said it, I believe it. Also, faith was never about what we can see. That was not, That's not faith. That's not what faith was about. The definition of faith is the confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Even in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, it says, walk by faith, not sight. It's crazy how clear that is. Um, A little bit ago, I heard a pastor say, if you start believing, the proof of your faith is that you never experience doubt. Then the moment you experience doubt, your faith will fall apart. And I think the same exact thing goes for waiting. So if you're basing your faith on everything always going, how you want it to, and when you want it to, the moment that you have to wait on God, you're gonna experience doubt. Because you're gonna doubt that he'll provide or that he'll bring things to fruition. If God gave you everything you wanted, when you wanted it, you would learn nothing about his character. So your patience testifies that the God you serve is worth waiting on. Is what I'm waiting for even worth waiting for? And how do I know that what I'm waiting for is God's will? It's a question I ask myself all the time. I'm like, you know, should I even be like waiting for this? Or is this not something that God has for me? Like, how do I know if I should stick this out or if I should just completely walk away? And I think a great indicator is that when you're waiting on the will of God, he's going to renew strength in your waiting. And there's peace in his waiting. So if you don't have peace about something that you're waiting on, get out and start walking. For a moment, I just want to tell you um, how intentional God is because he showed me me these two verses within the same day. I was reading two different devotionals, and he just ties it together like he always does. Anyway, the first one is, for the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. And then in Mark chapter 4, verse 29, says, and as soon as the grain is ready, the farmer comes and harvests it with a sickle, for the harvest time has come. Do you see that? Sometimes I cannot believe that this stuff is in the Bible, and I'm like, there's no way that it's this clear, but it is. Like, it is. He is saying that what you're waiting for is coming, and it won't delay, but it's in its appointed time. As soon as the grain is ready, It says, as soon as their grain is ready, the farmer comes and harvests it. Crazy. So, how can we wait confidently and expectantly? Because God is a promise keeper. It's in that song. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. It's like, Waymaker, maker, walker, promise keeper. I'm sure you've heard it. Yeah? Yeah? Everybody's heard it? First time? No? Well, I'm not going to sing it. Okay, so. So, God will do what he said he will do. In Hebrews 10, um, chapter 10, verses 23, it says, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm. For God can be trusted to keep his promise. And then a little bit later in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 36, it says, patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. Then you will receive, you will receive all that he has promised. Plain and simple. Promise keeper. You read it yourselves, I'm sure. Also, you can wait expectantly and confidently because God gives us the desires of our hearts. So this is in Psalms chapter 37, verse 4. It says, Take delight in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desires. I do want to touch on this a little bit because I used to think that this meant, well, I have my desires that I came up with. And Psalm 37 is telling me that the Lord is going to grant my desires. But it's not like the Lord is like a fairy and is like, or a genie is like, I'm going to grant all your wishes. That's not what this means. And for the longest time, that's kind of more or less what I thought it meant. But What this means is that God will tell your heart what it's going to desire. Like, he's the one who plants your desires in your heart. They're God-given desires. So, if he created your desires, don't you think that he knows them? Like, he gave them to you in the first place. So, God knows all of your desires. So, there's two things that I know for certain. Number one, God keeps his promises. And number two, he promises to give us the desires of our hearts so we can wait patiently and confidently on the Lord. God addresses even your smallest concern, so if it matters to you, it does matter to him. Yeah, all right, that was quick, but we're gonna pray and go into small groups. All right, Jesus, we thank you so much that we get to come here together, and I thank you for revealing to me that I need to work on my patience, and I thank you that my small group is around me encouraging me as well, and we pray that you would us and our patience and that we wouldn't wait painfully, but we would wait confidently and expectantly that you're going to do what you said that you would do. And you know all of our heart's desires, so we don't have to ever worry about them not being met or our expectations not being met because you know our desires because you created them first, God. We thank you for who you are. Amen. Thanks for listening to this Apex Student Podcast. You can listen to more Apex teachings by subscribing on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. We pray that this message has impacted your life and that you don't walk away without looking a little bit more like Jesus.